What's up, Commonwealth? Welcome back to a limited, uh, on the intro side, Bluegrass Soccer Cast, your home for all things soccer right here in Kentucky. I'm, of course, Jimmy Martin. That's, of course, Mr. John Hunt. John, how are we doing today? I'm doing good, Jimmy. How are you? I am good. It has been a Monday of Mondays, and I am ready to talk about some soccer. But before we dive into things, John, I saw a bunch of pictures of you from last week and over the weekend uh, was part of that Lexington Sporting Club black kit reveal and part of that advertising campaign. How in the world did you get involved with that? Um, basically, well, two things. The club as a whole is trying to find perks and stuff for season ticket holders and active members active members of the Railbridge, which are the supporters group. Um, just in general, because every time I've asked people about joining and stuff, it's like, well, what are the perks that come with it? So it's you know, the common American thing. People don't want to do extra work without benefit. Um what? Yeah. And so Basically, that's how they did it. They wanted to do a fan, one more with fans type thing than just players as a whole, because it also helps in general for people to see, like, uh, on different people and, like, what the fan kit looks like compared to the player kit, which ours is not that much different. We don't have the league patches, and there's not, Lex doesn't have a, like you can't buy player jerseys yet, but but I can't wait till they do because there's some there's some kits that I'm that I'm eyeing. I think the black kit with uh, uh starts with a D. I just dropped his name. Holy crap! Help me out. Tell him Doof. Nope. Oh, Doof? I test Doof. Yeah, Doof. There it is. Uh, I really would like one of his jerseys in black because after his performance last week, that was that was jersey worthy. I think in general, right now, our jer- our main jerseys need to become the black jerseys. Oh, they were so sweet. Um, but yeah, we don't have that. But I will say they, for those who haven't bought Lex kits yet, they are authentic. Full, like we get exactly what the players get, minus the patches and the name. So it's not like that you're paying a hundred dollars for a replica kit which I've had to explain to people before. Like, there's very much a difference. Well, I can buy this $70 Spurs kit. I was like, does it say replica or pro or authentic or whatever? Like, replica? I'm like, that's a different kit. There is a cheaply cheaply made kit of the original. You can't compare the two. Yeah, and people get the then get the impression that, you know, your NFL jersey, your NBA jersey, you know, they all come in like three, four different grades. But for whatever reason with soccer, we think, you know, the cheap seventy dollar kit is the exact same as the hundred and fifty, two hundred dollar um kit that some teams will sell. We think it and we also for some reason think that lower leagues should be cheaper like considerably cheaper like i've seen some people argue that the lex kits need to be no more than 50 dollars like i was like there has to like i told this person like we don't know how much nike and how much lex are making from each kit like we generally don't know that's 
we don't even know that for even the biggest clubs. It's speculated type thing, but we don't know exactly how much is brought in per kit. I was like, they still have to turn a profit. Like, I can tell you right now, Lexington is in the black in terms of money and that type of stuff just because it's their first year, the deal with Georgetown, all that stuff. The club, from all I've heard, is in the black. So I've told, why do they need to actively choose to make less money when they are on par with the rest of the league? The only people in the league that are cheaper than Lex are the Humble brands, which are 85. Hmm. All the Hummels are 85, and then everyone else is around 100 $110. So it's literally a $15 range, That and they're in the middle. We're cheaper than uh, Loose City. Loose City's at 110 If and they even like, have jerseys on sale. Yes. Um, and then I think racings are 90 95 So yeah. they're literally on par, and they're cheaper than FC Cincinnati. They're on par with every club <laughs> around them. So because the MLS hike, MLS hike price, you know, all of that package that goes into help paying Messi play for Inter Miami. Um, <laughs> he, so every jersey you buy, so to uh, to my friend Tanner, who is probably going to buy another FC Cincinnati jersey, I thank you very much as an Inter Miami fan because you're helping pay to keep Messi here. Thank you, buddy. But anyways, with all of that, John, let's go on and start today's show by mixing it up a little bit. Let's go to the bottom line first this week. So, John, we're going to start with Louisville. And as I said in my article that we released a little bit ago, I want all Lou City fans to just take a deep breath, relax a little bit, and let's not jump too far um, down the conclusions platform. Let's not... Start going crazy, saying that we need to fire our coach and cut all our players, and we don't need to do any of that. But what in the world is going on in Louisville? I say one thing, and then I completely act the opposite. Uh, they have lost three league games in a row, four overall in all competitions. And overall, Louis City seems to have a consistent issue of a lack of offense, a very vulnerable back line, and they are really lacking some confidence and they're lacking in some mental strength to where they are not being able to overcome any kind of a setback. And when you're going into the champion, the USL champion season, that's halfway over at this point for them, and you're having those kind of issues, there is things that we need to be worried about, right? But I don't want fans to start panicking too much because we're still in the playoffs, right? Lucidity is still going to make the playoffs unless, mm. you know, they completely collapse, mm. which, you know, losing three league matches in a row and playing as terrible as they have, that seems possible, right? John, they, um, The teams below them are in striking distance. Like Detroit has climbed up recently. Who now has a like game that. on them. Yep. And they're within striking distance. Um, I will say there of you mentioned it, Lucidity just does not seem mentally all there. Yep. I don't and they're I think they're too in their heads. They're not they're so worried about trying to dig out that win that they're in their heads. They're trying people are trying to play hero ball, that sort of thing. However, I will say the attack, at least against the Legion, 
looked better. It did. It looked a lot better. The back line now <laughs> is struggling. So they went from having good goalkeeping and a decent back line with no attack yep. to kind of flipped it where the attack is doing okay, not great, not the normal Lou City of old, but it's, they found the back of the net. But the attack, uh, the defense led into corner kick set piece goals, which I think is also another thing that yep. Lucy fans, you can kind of, you need to relax a bit. You both goals the Legion score were corner kicks. I arguably say that second goal was kind of fluky because it, yeah, it was a back heel his, from a center back, like back that was back calf. If you watch that, that doesn't <laughs> hit his, that hits his like upper calf. So it's just like. It's just out of nowhere. I think there's a bit of unluckiness, especially with that second goal that they're experiencing right now. Um, It just happens. Like it's, it happens in a league where you are, you're in your closed league type of thing. You're going to either the other teams figure you out. And that's loose city. Do have some of the more experienced players in terms of, and veteran players on a squad. So I don't know if it's a sense of the other teams are just figuring out Lucidity. You know, Danny Cruz hasn't been there Oof. that long, but they it could be they're just they know how Owen B is, they know how Del Piccolo is, they know how McKay is, they have enough film on these guys where they figured you out. And it's either you need a roster change, like you got or you need tactical change, or your players just need to get over the mental hump. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. I think this is something where yeah, if it is Coach Cruz that has been figured out already, either he really needs to change up his tactics or, which I think is more likely, the players need to have a little bit more realistic approach to this off season, not expecting everybody to get big pay raises and make room for some additional players. Now, I said it half-jokingly last week, but someone of the caliber of uh, Rafa Pizarro, who is now in Greece at AEK, Athens, um, getting somebody like that on loan would be fantastic for Lucidity. They've got the money from the Josh Winder uh, transfer to Benfica. Why not try and bring in a big name that can come in, that can prove that you know, Danny Cruz and the rest of the boys are still still good to go. And I don't necessarily mean that like Cruz has been figured out. Um but he might gen- be, right? Like it, he could it be. certainly looks like it. But that's the thing though, is I don't I think Cruz is still a good coach. I truly do. I don't think it was his seasons were based on fluke or people not knowing his tactics. Good coaches though, the these aren't comparable to the USL championship. The Ferguson's, the Guardiola's, right. the Mourinho. They all have the same systems. It's yeah. finding the players and knowing when to move on from those players sometimes. That that's you have the to... most frustrating part then, right? Like, we've had the same core for several years, and they won championships. Multiple, right? You know, uh, we're going to talk about it here in a little bit, but uh, uh, in the Birmingham game, McCabe hit his 200th appearance. Del Piccolo, 200 appearances. Uh, and there was someone else. Uh, 
But there was a third player that also hit 200 caps in this match. Yeah, Toch. Toch. Yeah, Toch. So you've got a lot of Lou City specific experience, which is great. Like you build that the fan base, they the fans get really behind those players and are really attached to it. But at some point, does production fall off enough to where, as an organization, you have to look at cutting ties? You know, John, for people who aren't primarily soccer fans, right? If you're looking at like the Tennessee Titans, for example, they've got a great running back, Derrick Henry, my favorite um, current player in the NFL. Um, Derrick Henry is beloved by the fans, just as McCabe, just as Del Piccolo, just as Own BR, just as Musha Galusa is. But Derrick Henry's getting on up there in age. His contract could be, you know, something that they look to settle in this offseason to either, you know, cut the player and save the money, or do they restructure? I think Lou City and fans of Lou City should be prepared for some of those kind of moves. And I'm not saying that we're about to move into a dark time to where Lou City is going to cut all their good players and be barren. No, not saying that at all. But I do think we might want to reposition how we think about this team, especially at the start of next year, unless there are major changes. Yes, I agree. I don't see Lucy like cutting ties with all three of those guys. So I don't. But I could see some of those guys' roles maybe be diminished. Uh, it's not on Indeed. them. It's just it might need to happen type yeah. thing. Um, you don't... It's hard. Yes, it's very hard to move on. And I also think there's injury things that has, plays in the mentality. Cruz has not. I don't think Cruz has had his true starting eleven. What he at one hundred percent health in a while. And what you John, can let me throw let me on. interrupt you there Sorry. real quickly, just to kind of like jump in and talk about that Detroit game, right? So Lou City zero, Detroit City two. Uh, that was one of the biggest things that I want to talk about uh, uh, out of that match was there, they had six lineup changes in that match alone due to injuries. That's a lot of change at once. But I'll let you continue. Sorry. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of change. And then that's also in training that, say, let's Owen B played that game, but he was listed as questionable. Mm-hmm. How many he reps? Was a sub, is... right? I don't recall he if he got sub in. I think he started. Okay. I don't know if to... I know he played. I know he played a significant, yeah. also a significant amount of the game. I I remember that. But how many being listed as questionable? How many reps does he get with the first first eleven? I type thing. I don't know necessarily exactly how they train in soccer. Yeah. At that level. It, is he getting reps or is it more they're getting who they want to repl- at they're running are they having to switch the formation because they're gonna like, well OMB's not gonna start so we gotta do this formation or this way you have to play on this side I think the players just need one they need this six days straight of rest that they're yes. getting until um who are they playing We'll talk about it on Wednesday because I don't even remember. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't. It's escaping me. But they need these six days of rest. 
I feel like they need to schedule those international friendlies better next time. Indy 11, that's who they play yeah. in the Phil yeah. the Fam game. Which apparently they've already sold 11,000 plus tickets according to their Instagram earlier today. Which is great, right? Like, as a team that seems to be nose diving downward, <laughs> to still have the fan base behind you that much and is so invested that they want to keep pushing you and to push the team to be as great as they, they can be. That's phenomenal. And this could be exactly what they need. They need a full crowd behind yep. them, and it could just change it. Um, But they need to get healthy. They need, in my opinion, there should be no more questionable guys listed. You're either good to go or you're not. Yep. And Don't that's string just, us they, along. They just need to roll with that. They And he needs to, if they win, let's, I'm not going to get into my predictions, but if they win on Saturday... Keep that eleven. Don't even yeah. if OMB's not in that. Even if you, you Cruz thinks his best players aren't in that, keep it because I feel the inconsistency. And this is a point to Lex too when we move on to them was killing it. And that yeah. consistency, and even if I understand mixing it up just when you're struggling, but that can kill you, and that can make it make the struggles harder. Yeah, and you know when you're really struggling to get any kind of goals, and your offense is really sputtering uh, for the majority of the game, because you know in this Detroit game, <laughs> I was I was pretty hot. Uh, it took me a while to be able to calmly write about the team, because like that offense didn't show. There were a no show against Detroit. And no offense to Detroit and Detroit haters, you know, come on, bring it on. But you all are not two goals better than this version of Loose City. I don't care how old some of the stars may be. Detroit City is not two goals better. Not even at home in that interesting stadium, we'll call it. For now, but Detroit has looked a little better. But, well, again, we'll see. Everything changes. There's... Lucey's got 14 games left. A whole Every, lot of time. There are teams below them that are within striking distance where they could knock themselves out of the playoffs. Yep. I feel they have five games. Truly. They have five games to turn around. Now, that's all dependent on the people below them and how they perform. Of course. Detroit has won two straight, so some you could argue some things. Tulsa is hit or miss. But they have five games to turn so it around. That's a great point, John, and I want to really emphasize what you just said there. Their next five games, Indy 11 on Saturday, uh, a Friday night game at Tulsa, at home against Charleston Battery. That's a rough one. It, it is. That, that's probably the hardest one, right? Mm -hmm. uh, a home game against Rio Grande Valley, which, my God, I, oh, I swear if you all lose that one, dear God. And then they get that fifth one is a rematch with Birmingham down in Birmingham. And we'll see what happens in that one. But I, I absolutely a thousand percent agree with you, John. The next five games for Lou City are critical. Mm -hmm. If you're Please. if I'm looking at it, I'm seeing one, two, two must win games in Rio Grande Valley and Tulsa. You've got to win those. And you got to come up with at least two draws in the other three games. 
you yes, you need what is that? You need at least probably eight, seven to eight points. Yeah, out of that, to stay within a sense of not giving the people below you any sort of final stretch hope. Yep, of knocking you out. But and I'm also saying that you need that so you're not facing, I don't facing Pittsburgh. I think yeah. it's top of the table right now. You're not facing Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. Right. You're start not playing Charleston in Charleston. You're not playing Tampa Bay in Tampa. Hell, you're not playing Memphis in Memphis. <laughs> yeah. You, <laughs> Which Memphis need, at home isn't as great, but. But they need. They would rather take Memphis than Pittsburgh right now. I'm just, oh, absolutely. They need, they need to avoid that because that's who you're going to face if you squeeze into the playoffs and just yeah. make it. And they're only one point back of Memphis for fourth place. So, oh yeah, they know. they can jump. They very much yeah. can jump back into it. But they're also like the East is very congested right now. Yeah, six points out of third. Come on, it, it's doable still. Mm-hmm. But you know, John, wrapping up things here with that Detroit game. Uh, one of the things that Coach Danny Cruz talked about was the importance of the upcoming home stretch which included Saturday night's game against Birmingham. Uh, And this was a really bad luck performance by Lou City. Uh, I think it's as simple as that. You know, we talked about it a few minutes ago, the off the Achilles, calf, back of the knee, wherever. Um, To lose like that, that's a heartbreaker. Um but again, the same things were present. There were performance, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, there were performance issues. You know, we were looking at still having a very exposed back line. You're looking again at little to no attack. So by doing so, you definitely put yourself in a spot to lose that game and to not have... Uh, a game over an opponent that for seeding in the playoffs. Yeah, it's 100%. Their attack did look a little better. They got more, I would say, dangerous shots. They had more they did. dangerous shots. Instead of some of that, and especially in the Detroit game, some of those shots were just... They're, see, yeah, they're taking shots to take shots, and then there's taking the right shots. Correct. Yeah, and even if the goalie's on his day and saving every shot, but you're making him make saves, you're making them make saves. That's one thing. If the goalie, if you're just shooting and it's going over the crossbar, going wide, left, right, right, that does nothing. That does honestly nothing for you besides put a shot, besides put shots in the stat sheet, which doesn't really show anything. Shots on target are all that matter. Yep. Because just general shots, whatever. It could be yeah. 20 yards over the top. But something else that, that I noticed from this game, Lucity is starting to get a little bit healthier. There were less names. I think there was um, Ownby was not listed as even questionable for that match. He was a full participant. So we're starting to see things get a little bit healthier, right? Mm-hmm. They're getting healthy. They need the six days rest. And it's not not only is it six days rest, it's six days rest between home games. So they yep. get to stay home. They don't have to travel. Why, hello, friend. Skillet. 
<laughs> but, it. you know, one. Of, so let's take it at its worst, right? Let's say over the next five games, Lou City continues to struggle, right? Mm-hmm. I still think there is a pathway. I don't know if, if Lou City is a 6-7 seed. I don't know if how far they're going to go. I don't think they're a championship-level team at that point. But if you're telling me that Pittsburgh, Charleston, and Tampa Bay want to play Lou City in a playoff game in the first round, get out of here. <laughs> they don't want to see that. I don't that. think, no, but they, this team still has the chance to be dead late and be upsetters. The right. issue is depends on when you face them. I don't see them yeah. truly. They need they would have to truly, truly crumble from this point forward to not make the playoffs. Indeed, it's the question of what is their form going to be, where they sit in the playoffs, and where they go in the playoffs. Because yep. I I think location matters as well. Location, location, location. The important things about real estate are going to be important for this Lucidity team as we head into those next five games because a lot of those are at home. And when we get into the playoffs, who, when, and where will also play a big factor in how far Lucidity will go. Mm-hmm. But 100%. John, let's move over to Lexington now. And Lexington Sporting Club had a great weekend. Um, literally one of the best performances I've seen from them this entire season. Um, Union Omaha is not this bad of a club, but Lexington Sporting Club picked up the 3-0 win. And John, one of the things that I noticed from your article was you talked about this tactical change. I want to give you a lot of room to talk about that. Okay, and I'm apologizing to those who read it because I mentioned the formation change, but I didn't mention what they changed into. So, uh, Traditionally, and this is in general for most soccer, uh, Stockley ran a 4-4-2, which is the most traditional formation yep. you can. It's, it's the base formation on FIFA. It's the base formation for everything. If you're learning soccer, playing soccer, the first time you probably have formation teaching where you're like your coach is actually like, let's play in this shape and keep this style is probably a 4-4-2. Because it is the easiest to understand It's the one that translates across all things. Yep. It's the most straightforward type thing. It's one. Every team should be able to pull off. It's also one that every team knows how to beat. Yep. And that was, I think some of their problems, like after reading, like what you had wrote, I was like, Oh, now I get it. Yeah. Now they've moved to it. What me and Tyler crane of crane kicks Lex foot mob, hasn't put out the lineup chart, so we're not exactly sure if this is the exact lineup, but we're nearly positive it's a three five two that turns into a oh, five. Wow. Yeah, so three five two that turns into a five three two when they're on defense. Crazy. It, it's hard to explain. But this one No, you're doing had, great. Yeah. It moves up. We're essentially playing with three center backs that kind of rotate if the ball is in the, our midfield, they kind of move where the ball is. Mm-hmm. But if we're playing on our back heels, what they had specifically, um, I don't necessarily agree with taking out Owen Green, but for the system, it worked because they had Tate, Robinson, and Tariq Muhammad, who are much more attacking wings and better at ball distribution than Owen Green. Owen Green is a great right back. Offensively, he's not that sound. He's good. 
but right. he's not Tariq and Tate are much better when it comes to crossing type thing. Anyways, they can track back to create a five man line in a sense, or they can track forward. And also they pulled Nico off the wing. I think a part of it was um, I like our other striker options besides the oof, but I love Balogun as a super sub. I don't like him as a starter, particularly because he doesn't necessarily have the footwork. He's a big body. He uses his big body well, but he doesn't have that maneuverability with the ball like Nico and Diouf have to move with the ball and take guys on. He he's can very take, similar you know, to uh, to Martin for uh, for Lou City. How he's kind of come into the team of recent and is a big body. But he can't really do much. And Balogun can do a lot, but he's oh, he more, can do more. <laughs> he's a finisher. He he's a mine. strong finisher. He's the kind that you can give him the ball and he can finish. The kind if you give him the ball forty yards out and say go, and like one on one, that's where I get a little uneasy with him. He's more of that target for crosses, target for corner kicks, all that type of stuff. Nico and Diouf are much better with their feet. They're perif- prolific goal scorers when they come, when they have the ball at their feet. That's much more how they score. Um, and it also, they solidified the midfield by using what I believe is our best midfield trio of Machel, Smart, and Dalamini. And you can swap in Mane later because Dalamini doesn't seem to have the uh, full 90 juice. Yeah, he's got it, but he doesn't seem like he can't keep it up for a full ninety. So, so what is up with that? Is it a fitness thing? Is um, an injury I don't that he's picked up, or I, I think for Delamini, I don't. He pro he might have played a full ninety. I can't remember off the top of my head. I think it's just the way he plays. He plays in a he is very fast, and he's also very much in terms of a tracker. He's the mm-hmm. That's tracking both the attack and the defense. Matchell and Smart, and Smart kind of trade off. They'll swap each other. Where Delamini is very much moving back and forth. He's a box to box type midfielder. Where Smart and Matchell more kind of trade off, and they kind of move where the ball moves. Where Delamini's in that middle where he has to go back and forth. And I think that's a fitness thing. Box to box midfielders have to be the most fit people on the team because they are yep. moving truly from you could it's box to box, but it's touchline to touchline is truly what it is. It's how they're moving. And it's hard. It's hard to do it. Where Mitchell maybe can back off if the ball's going down the left side, or Smart can back off a little bit if the ball's going down the right. Well, and another part of the the tactics that I kind of noticed was the defensive presence, right? Obviously, Emil Knight, really good performance, as usual. Now, did he get an injury late, or was that just kind he, of uh, just taking it precautiously? I think he was taking it precautiously. Okay, he's. I think he dealt when he. We saw that like five game stretch where he didn't play and Kazi was in goal. Mm-hmm. I think he got an ankle injury and they didn't disclose it. Ah, but in the sense, it wasn't like you're out type of ankle injury. It's just keepers, especially shoulders and legs. That is not something you play injured with 
absolutely no, not. You're dying not even, and moving at awkward angles and not not even if it's like, well, I'm ninety percent. That ninety percent yep. is two inches. Yeah. And that two inches That's is the either difference. a save or a goal. Goalkeeper is one of those ones where and listen to this kids, don't be tough because that toughness can cost you Absolutely. and will cost you eventually. It could be if you're even if it's your shoulders, you're diving to the ground and you if may it's not a be head up. injury, especially. Yeah. Oof. You might not get up as quick. There's just so much stuff. Coaches in general do not like when their keepers get hurt. I he shouldn't, but he stayed in and he played good. Yeah, he I, had a great performance. I mean, Omaha was coming in on a pretty good tear of scoring in multiple matches in a row here, and he shut him down. Mm-hmm. And our defense as a general, so now we're seeing more of Che Gonzalez, um, who played amazingly. He's sneaky good. Well, him and Frankie Martinez are really good. I th- Yeah. I don't know necessarily. My, now, Frankie Martinez was seen in a sling on the sideline. Mm. So I think I'm not sure if Chea maybe is the number one, number three center back in that sense. I think you could toss it up to both. I, I mean, if he's see, number three, that's a pretty good three. I want to see Kimball Jackson some because um, mm-hmm. in this system, because he actually played really well against Lou City. He's played the full he 90 did. in that game. We haven't seen much of him as of late, but I definitely feel with Marillo and Fox that that third can be moved in. And as a whole, I'm very curious how this goes. I think Omaha kind of was gassed yeah. a bit in terms of they, they were just riding high so long. The dramatics they had Tuesday night against Knoxville, I think they were playing a little passive Two, just a wee bit because of their coach's comments. I was very, very interested in how the game was refed. Lexington did pick up five yellow cards. It was kind of interesting. Yep. Um, that was going to be the next thing I was going to bring up. Yeah. So, but they only had this system for two or three days, recording Stockley and training. So I'm curious how this is going to look against the kickers who have been stumbling as of late. They're, they're not. Granted, they played NoCo last game, and right. everyone NoCo has one loss through 16 games. Yeah. They have 10 wins, five draws, and one loss. They made a joke. Now people were making jokes about Lex having more kits than wins, but we're tied now. <laughs> I'll admit it's funny, but we are we are now through 18 games. We are nine, nine and nine. We have nine losses and nine games where we've gotten points. So we have four wins, five draws. I, that, I did see that club, chatter online. That, I will say, for a first-year club that is playing yeah. very young, and that I will say this, if you look, listen to Tyler Crane, has been making the rounds as of late. He was on Vamos Morados. He was on a bunch of other podcasts as of late. He knows way more than me in terms of insider stuff. Stockley's full thing is playing, is building for a future. He'd rather... We finished tenth per se this year, and then win the league two straight, two, three, four straight years. Then go all in this year, right, and then for one struggle, year. yeah, and then the mid table the rest of the thing. And we're seeing what what another expansion side Knoxville went all in on their starting eleven in terms of money, and they're kind of dropping. They're struggling now. There could well, be a chance. Had some health issues too. They could, and they've. 
cut uh they just parted ways with a f- very f- uh, a fan favorite so i don't know necessarily mm. what's going on but that's digress is he We're, an attacking player i think so not because i know a team in purple that could use an additional attacking player <laughs> He's interesting. He 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 was kept on from their USL two side when they oh. came up. Sebastian something I can't forget. I don't remember. Oh yeah, I remember him. He seemed pretty decent. Yeah. Um, in terms, so we'll see how this new formation, if they keep it, I don't see why they wouldn't. How it goes on Saturday, then they have their, they have a tough matchup after that because I believe it's Noco. Yep. After that, it, or no, it's uh at home on Saturday for Richmond, then back to back road back games back at road. Omaha and then at Northern Colorado. So okay. I'm assuming the boys are just gonna, you know, go to Omaha on probably Tuesday, play the Wednesday game, and then head out to to Colorado afterwards. Yeah, I'm not fully sure how that is, but that's what they should do. Yeah, but then they got. That's what uh, Omaha did. They went to Knoxville and then just stayed in in the area. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. I I do feel in terms of Saturday, it's a very much winnable game for them. Um, I agree, but we'll see. We'll see what they do. They'll have more experience with this new formation if they keep it. They looked very good, and they have. Um, they just did like a mid season. The league did with a bunch of Twitter. They like surveyed a bunch of Twitter personalities and a bold prediction in that was Lexington sneaks into the playoffs. They are still Ooh. in it. They are still in that playoff hunt. They have like they have I think fourteen games to go as well. We can see. We'll see what happens. They have John, essentially uh, two and a half uh, or two months left. A manage the or I'm sorry, imagine the panic in Louisville if Lou City falls out of the playoffs and Lexington Makes it to the playoffs. Ooh, ooh, we. Twitter will be a that'll feast be, for the eyes. That'll be very interesting. I'm also, um, <laughs> by uh the Open Cup stuff. That'd be very interesting because Lex will be. host, and they only beat us by one. They did. That there was but a. That was, that was in that the was rain. The start of all of this, right? That was the we'll start see. of this loose city. They ain't got no attack. Yeah, and I, in full honesty, with that open cup, I was expecting like a four zero, like beat down. Because I was like, Ooh, I didn't loose. expect it to be that bad. Well, in my head, loose city is this attacking <laughs> dominant <used> team, to be. <laughs> and that was like their that was Lex's like third game. Or something like that. So I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, we're going up against a very experienced side that likes to score. So I was like, I don't know what could happen. But, right. And the we'll whole see. nature of the rivalry there, you know, yeah, it, it would be interesting to flip the script next season if that happens again. But who knows? You know, maybe somebody like uh, a BGFC makes it to the Open Cup at that point or a Tennessee Tempo and they go play Louisville or Lexington um, as opposed to uh, them getting to play each other. I, I think we've talked about it before, and it seems pretty standard that that's going to be the matchup almost every year. But, hey, who knows if somebody else sneaks in and takes one of those spots. Yeah, we'll see. But, John, uh, 
the most important question coming out of this Lexington matchup for me is what color kits are they going to wear against Richmond? Because there seems to be some magic in these black kits, my friend. I want them to keep the black kits. I don't necessarily know if they will or not. I have not heard if they will or not. We'll see. Um, but I think they should keep it. I Honestly, I think we should only, only play in our – we should just kind of sneak away from the white kits for this year. Cause we're oh, those are my favorite. I like them, but we haven't played well in them. So I'm thinking we <laughs> like um we've gotten one point in them. And we've gotten one point in our spark kits on the road. So I'm thinking uh we need to wear our spark kits or like that type of stuff. That's, now we've lost that was on the, the light greener color. Yeah, the spark kits. And now that is the reason we have four kits, because the spark kit is the youth kit. They wanted to launch ah. that. The youth, the academies will be wearing that next year, so I don't think they'll be having four kits next year. It was kind of a, uh, well, they want, they're big on academy. That's very much a thing. They they don't want their whole thing. Well, yes, the youth sides have a different sponsor. It's Wild Healthy sponsored basically everything. Yeah. Um, they did want the thing of, you could like imagine yourself playing for the senior side type stuff in those kits. Indeed. And John, let's keep talking about winners here and let's transition back to Louisville and talk about racing Louisville. Um, John, they had a two zero win in their challenge cup group stage match over Chicago red stars. Uh, that was the fourth of six group stage matches for uh, the lavender ladies or ladies in lavender. Um, and the first thing that I want to talk about with racing is why are they playing during the Women's World Cup? So I did a little bit of digging, and here's kind of some notes that that I found. So it was the NWSL's option and their choice to keep playing during the break, but they did want to lighten the load on their players and allow for more time for the Challenge Cup during this space. Now, the teams were off from July 10th through July 20th, and they will also be off August 7th through the 17th. And the only matches that are happening right now are Challenge Cup games or any makeup games that they had to, to make up because of weather or other reasons from earlier in the season. So while this window isn't ideal for uh, what we think the NWSL should be doing. We do think that the league should be shut down and support the women's world cup. They are still playing, but it is at a reduced rate. Yes. There's not. So racing at least is not going to be playing any NWSL uh, matches in the sense of ones that matter for playoffs. They yep. don't. I don't think they have one again until the nineteenth, which I believe the World Correct. Cup final is the twentieth. Yeah. So there, it's a day before, which I'm okay with that type of thing. Um, yeah, you got my, my specific thing is there shouldn't be games played during group, especially during the group stage. I could see you could make an argument around quarterfinal, semifinal time, because that's kind of where you get to the last few, and it's really only a few games. But the factor is we're having three, four games a day right now. 
you shouldn't be playing. Yes, they're playing nope. at absurd hours. And yes, you could have... <laughs> Welcome to like, New Zealand. Play at 3 a.m. <laughs> you could have like racing did where they play the game and then they instantly showed the World Cup, which according to a... Brilliant. By, uh, by Jeff and the rest of the racing Louisville communications and marketing staff to do that. That was brilliant. Oh, and, and apparently I'm it was really glad they did that. Apparently it was oh, yeah. there's a um there's a member of the Railbirds who's also a season ticket holder of racing. He went hmm. to the game. He he works for some company that's based office is in Louisville. So anytime he like has to work during the day, he'll just go to there so he can like leave straight to the games. Nice. Um they said like second the final whistle blew, it they switched it. Like they <laughs> like they didn't even care about highlights or whatever. It was like instant switch. So they were prepared for that. And I will props. That's very smart. It's a good thing. They kept vendors open later for that and all that type of stuff. Yeah, sense. the bars were open. The the little restaurant that's in the, the stadium uh, was still open. Yeah. So I'm down that I've learned that it's just challenge cup essentially with some of the makeups, I'm a little more okay with that. In the sense, though, I want to see uh, out of the end of it, I want to see more uh, young youth being played. You have yeah. these national team replacement contracts. I want to see those people be played. Um, I don't. I didn't look too in depth. I watched the highlights of the of this game. Um, I didn't look too in depth to um, see if they went in. I do know that. One of the three players that racing signed to a national team replacement contract was not on, not like on the roster, and the other two were coming off the bench. Yeah, I don't know if they got in or not, but I want to see more of those. Bring in the academy players for these games, especially when you have such a big cushion. I don't think yes. they're out of not making it out of this. You have a cushion. Let's see it. Let's see some academy play them, give them some experience in this sort of thing where you have the cushion where you can drop one game. You have two more games. They're very much clear of the table. Play some youth. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And I believe I remember hearing a, um, one of the commentators talked about that third player um, that they signed was just not there yet. Like they, they were still in process with getting them to Louisville. So that was the reason they weren't on the bench yet. Um, but I agree with you. I, I think when you have such a strong academy, right? Like that USLW squad lost one game and had one draw against the national champion, Indy 11. Yeah. For those who don't saw Indy 11 won the USLW series. So it looks, it, that sucks for us as like, as Kentucky fans, but it also looks better for both Lexington and Louisville's thing. It sucks. I will admit, watching your rival win sucks, but at the same time, it looks better for that division as a whole, saying, oh, we lost to the champions, or the champion came out of our division, and if you played close games, the W side did beat Indy 11 for one game, didn't they? Did uh, they no. Oh, they, no, had they the, lost to St. Charles. Yeah. St. Charles is arguably weird. the worst team. Well, that's, yeah. that's that's what's weird about it. St. Charles played in the 11 it was beating the 11 and then played them in another game with nine players. <laughs> they showed up with nine players. I heard the 16 yeah. 16-0 thing. I heard they got nine <laughs> players. I thought they just two players uh, committed fouls. I thought they were genuinely <laughs> down 
no rent cards and no they only traveled with nine players yeah and i'm like oh but it looks better as a whole if you can say we played at least the national champion or a finalist semi-finalist in general than like oh the person who came out of division got bounced in the first round I I hear what you're saying and I appreciate it and I also massively disagree. Like I I firmly think that a team that goes eight one and one in that league deserved a wild card or some kind of a playoff spot. So to Indy the eleven USL, winning might give us might give this division a wild. Well, okay, card, I don't okay. know necessarily how that works because I yeah. looked at it. And some of the ones that had wild card spots had the same amount of teams as our division. So I was like, okay, maybe it's by team count. Yeah, maybe like if it's a bigger. No, some ones have five, and they <laughs> just had a wild card. So I was like, either they paid off the W League to be like this thing, <laughs> or it might have been done how the playoffs were done last year, and they went how high a certain league finished or a division finished, maybe got an extra wild card. So maybe now that we have the champion racing or lex could sneak in or both and they send indy home that's get out of here indy nobody likes you both will do it and speaking of lex's w side this happened just today sarah gorham signed with the spanish i want to say it's a second division side it was a spanish second division side I'm not going to try to pronounce her name i saw their own announcement a few a few months ago uh, like a few weeks ago I'm not going to pronounce that name. That's one of the weird <laughs> Spanish names. But we, Lex just produced after one season a pro player. Yeah, she's not playing pro. In arguably, you could say the second or third best country for women's soccer. Yeah, you kind of get in that argument of you know Spain, France, Portugal, maybe even Germany, but mm, like oh, they're talking, all kind of clustered together, right? I'm talking domestic leagues. Oh, uh, <laughs> lol. It, it's either it's either La Liga or La Liga Feminal. I think it's the proper term, the Super League in England or the NWSL. Like uh, Barcelona, I believe, is the champions of Europe, and they have been for a while. So they're playing. She's going to a country that cares about women's soccer because Bar- ninety-two thousand came out came out for the Barcelona women's before. Wow. So they're she's going to a country that at least cares about women's soccer. So this could be good for Sarah Grom. Absolutely. Grom. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. So congratulations <laughs> to Sarah. We really wish her the best um, in everything she does over in, in Spain. We'll keep watching. Um, but John, back to, to racing and kind of, you know, just diving in a little bit to what happened in the action. Um, Jordan Badgett, Paige Monahan, absolute standout performances. Both of them scored in the first half. Um, to really propel racing to the victory. It could have um, been way more lopsided. Red it could have. Red Star's goalie played very good. She did, because the shot chart was 25 for racing Louisville to 8 uh, for Chicago Red Stars. And there's the there's Sarah um, yeah. who went overseas. I, I can't even. Seco Esportiva. Yeah. AEM. Bless you. You're you're <laughs> so much more willing to do that than I am. Um 
But you know, when you looked at that combination of Badgett and and Monahan, they really had something going um, the other night. Uh, one of the things that Coach Kim talked about was their stellar performances and really emphasizing that the team has the goal of reaching the semifinals and the finals in this tournament. And I think they're right where they need to be. They're 12 out of 12 points. And I think Racing Louisville is probably the co-favorite heading into the last um, group stage match and into the knockout phase, only behind the OL Rhine, which, you know, John has Rose Lavelle, Megan Rapino, like they, they've got the superstar. So for Racing Louisville to come in second favorite, I think that's pretty impressive. We want them to go far. We want them to be top dogs because it sucks now. But with this being Rapino's last year, yep. I personally would rather that the only challenge playoffs. So we want both ways, and we want a way where we could host. I, I'm sorry. I want to see Rapino in person. I haven't gotten to. When I saw she was retiring, I was like, oh, let's see if they played Louisville yet. And she, they already had. So like they this did. Sucks. So we, they I either it too. Louisville either needs to make the playoffs or they need to somehow face in the Challenge Cup to where we host the OL Reign. Because yep. that could also be a way to fill the stadium. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, John, speaking of racing Louisville, Women's World Cup, etc., Give us some updates on how our Racing Louisville players who don't play for Team USA are doing um, in the World Cup. Um, so uh, those we put out an article earlier today where I gave kind of a brief breakdown of this. Uh, a brief breakdown? You did a really good job. Hold on now. Don't sell yourself I, short. I gave, I gave a paragraph-ish where I did some stats of each player type thing. Um, don't... <laughs> I will say this: one football is very aggressive with their rating system <laughs> uh, compared to FootMob, and those are the two apps where I found consistently rate players over games. Uh, Goal.com doesn't do it, and uh, FIFA is a little yeah, it's on the screen now. Um, starting with in order, uh, Alexandria Chidiak for Australia did not play; she rode the bench. Um, then I believe it was Demello. No, it was not Demel. It was Kanu. Uh, she came on late in the 73rd minute. She helped keep that game nil-nil. She played decently, pretty okay. Not insanely good, but she only had 17 minutes. That game was already a fest. You already had that argue, what is currently the save of the tournament uh, with the penalty Man, save on Sinclair. One, you... Some people don't realize how hard it is to stop a penalty. If you watch the like side save, you see her, the keeper's arm like move back. Yep. Because of and how that ball just stopped. I, it's hard to make penalty saves because those players are sending it in, regardless of what level they are. Um, she played kind of played pretty good. As much as you can coming in in the latter half. I feel like coming in in the last 15 or so is really hard to make an impact unless it's like a goal or it's like a game game saving clearance type thing. Outside of that, it's kind of hard to truly make an impact with like 20 minutes. Um, then I, then it was Wang. She went Wang. She subbed, sorry, the second half for China. 
Um, she she looked okay offensively. Wasn't amazing. Uh, played decently on defense, but coming in the second half, I feel kind of changed the mojo on that. I, that that was a game I kind of watched. I fell asleep watching it because it kicked <laughs> off at like one a.m. Um, so I didn't see the goal, but that was very much a game they were both in. Uh, then it is Stembi Galata. She played well. The rating system is bad. She, in my opinion, technically got an assist because her shot bounced off the keeper and her teammate got it on the rebound. I fully believe in the hockey assist. <laughs> um, hey. In the sense, if it comes off the keeper and your teammate gets it in without touching anyone else, should be a hockey assist. Um, and then Ari stole the show from Demillo in terms of who had the best Absolutely game did. In the, th- in the opening rounds of matches, a hat trick and an assist in 70 minutes. Uh, almost a three header hat trick. Uh, her second goal came and she hit, she hit it with her head. It bounced. Um, it bounced off the keeper and then she finished it with her right foot. Uh, one, I will say that I love watching Brazil play in any men and women. They're very much, some countries don't play the same across genders. Uh, Germany, Brazil, Italy, and Spain very much do. They're very much, they, they're like the style of play is a cultural thing. It's not yep. like a gender thing where is in terms of the Americans, men and women, which by the way, we need to come up with better nicknames in USMNT and USWNT. <laughs> you have teams like the Matildas for which is Australia, the Super Falcons, um, uh, the Steel Roses is what China's and we're just like, yeah, United States women's national team, United States men's <laughs> national team. Like you can't even call like I think technically you could call the women the stars and then you could call the men the stripes right now just because one. That has a lot of great uh, meaning behind it in so many different facets other than soccer. Uh, the men just called the stripes because of the Waldo kits. <laughs> Those kits were awful. I didn't mind them. There's oh, been Lord. There's been some worse ones and then the women are the ones who like actually have stars on their crest. Oh, shots fired. I saw a dumb TikTok where it's like someone doesn't understand it because there's a Pulisic kit out there that says Pulisic on the back but has the stars on the front. Hmm. <laughs> I, think the wrong, just, uh, I think someone I think someone found a women's kit like custom and were like, oh, I like this look. Put Pulisic on the back. I'm like, that's not how that works. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Ari Burgess phenomenal performance uh really really impressive on all three of those goals uh, like that really the time time her, assist was, her assist was the best part yeah Breaks down the defender and then she just nonchalantly back heel pass to her teammate <laughs> yeah and then she gets uh, off her uh brazilian legend marta so yep which they, hey we told you all in our breakdown of the women's world cup watch out for brazil they're a problem. They, I hope you believe us now. In terms of the dominant performances, and we can move this into the USA-Vietnam with this talk, 
Uh, Brazil's was truly dominant, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Uh, Germany versus Morocco. Morocco just... I don't think Morocco, honestly, expected to make it this far. They went in... <laughs> their goal, like I was listening to some people, was like their goal was to qualify for AFCON mm. Cup of Nations, and then they qualified third, which made them automatic qualifiers for the World Cup. So I don't think they expected to make it this far. Kind of a fish-out-of-water type sense. Uh, Japan cruised past Zimbabwe. Uh, what was some of the others? I think it's a Haiti people... won. No, no, they did not. Thought they won. Did no, they, they beat England. They England got lucky that Haiti uh, defender had a uh, brain fart and jumped like oh, this. Yeah. That's jumped right, like this that. at a ball straight, yeah. like hands in the air. That's if that right. didn't happen, that game ends nil-nil, and England is like England could be burning right now. Um, <laughs> That's right. You, yeah, I've seen a lot of people being very concerned over the USA only only beating Vietnam 3-0. And I want to say I have some points to that, but you can go first if you would like. No, like <laughs> um, all I wanted to say is specifically about Team USA. We got the job done. Right? Was it flashy? No. Was it super effective? Yes, it was. It worked. 3 0 to a team where um, their goalkeeper, uh, the Vietnamese goalkeeper, was phenomenal. She was only five, or she is only 5 5, and she's out there diving around, making saves all over the place. Like she's like 6 5. Like she was really, really impressive. Uh, Tran Chin Kin, wow, I'm terrible at this game. Um, played a really big role, especially in denying the penalty from Alex Morgan. Like that was really impressive to me. Like way more than what any of the USA players did. I was really impressed with her as a keeper. Oh, she played great. But I, I'm going to say this: Vietnam played a game that every uh, way out of its side should play. They yes. did not give the U.S. any space. They were collapsing on them all the time. If you've watched other teams, specifically at high-level things, this is something you notice, high-level teams aren't always challenging other high-level teams. They aren't always in-your-face defending, and Vietnam was doing that. Right. Very face to face. Very that is uh, hard to get anything going from. And when they did, that's when they that's when Sophia Smith went off. That's when yep. Horan got her goal. They the Vietnam, if you notice, Vietnam did not want the US to get anything in space. They were nope. getting dusted and they played well. Vietnam also had the thing where they had everything to prepare for this game. I think we I think we beat Vietnam more handily or as how some people wanted to, if we were playing them third or second in the sense where they had everything to prepare for this game. They are like, Oh, we get the two time defending champions. We are a side that is completely, completely besides one player, domestic players. They all play in Vietnam besides one who's played in the NWSL or I think maybe Europe, only one player, which I was actually kind of shocked by. Especially when I heard the Philippines have 14 American born players. Yeah. I was like, you couldn't find high schoolers. 
Yeah. Uh, Jamaica has a high schooler from Georgia yeah. who's 17. And I was like, but with Vietnam and some of the stuff, I heard that compared to those Philippines. I'm like, you couldn't find one, <laughs> like one USA dual national type well, thing. Like that works both ways, right? Like you've got to be interested as the American Vietnamese and you also have to be then noticed by the Federation, right? True. I was honestly shocked. Like I understand there's probably many dual national American women out there who aren't going to crack the, uh, team just because it's so hard to be in that top top 30 let's say it top 30 squad but i was surprised just how many were on philippines that's 14 players it's a 23 man roster that means nine are like true truly from the philippines that just is shocking to me overall i'm not saying it's bad it's good the u.s men are built off of that dual national yeah. players half our starting lineup was not born in america <laughs> well they they've got at least got that dual uh status um specifically about team usa though um sophia smith what a performance oh yeah she was insane they have, then that's another thing with our attack in a sense. Sophia Smith now has to do it essentially on her own. We are missing yep. Soren, who is our leading scorer, who is our best scorer. So you have Sophia Smith having to do on the Milo for her second ever game. Yeah. Played insane. And this is why I said with the Ari thing, the Milo would have been, been the best out of the racing bunch in their mm-hmm. first games if Ari didn't decide to become the first ever Brazilian to score a hat trick in their first World Cup <laughs> game. Men or women. Like, Pele didn't yeah. even do that when he yeah. f- first debuted in the World Cup for Brazil. So, it happens. I, I'm i very curious to see if DeMello starts against the Netherlands. Uh, um, I would be surprised if she didn't. She played I, that good. She earned it. She earned it. Like, Roosevelt. Yes, Roosevelt has the experience. Roosevelt yep. is a world-class player. But DeMillo has been playing this entire year as a world-class midfielder, arguably the best in the NWSL. And she was arguably the be- best player on that field. I, I'm not, I don't fully agree with goal bias. Like people are like, oh, you score a goal. Even if you score two, like Sophia Smith did. Yeah. And she, Sophia Smith did play great. And Sophia Smith, in my opinion, was the best. But I think there's some points where the best player, just because they're not scoring goals, doesn't mean the players who scored goals are better than them. Because yeah. there's tap-ins, there's type that type yep. of thing. Sometimes you take it off the back of the knee and put it in, huh, Louisville? <laughs> but I, DeMello earned it, and she should yeah. definitely start against the Netherlands. We'll see what happens against the Netherlands. I still think the U.S. are going to pull it out of here. It's not time to panic just because we didn't no, beat them 13-0 like, like Thailand. It has to be, remember, the rest of the world has caught up. Yes. not Maybe not caught up, but they're catching they're up. They're catching, yes. We're no, longer, we're no longer outside of it. And Vietnam, this is their first. I don't think the men have ever qualified for a World Cup. So, like, I would be so surprised if they did. Yeah, you gotta understand from those players, this is the first cup world cup for that country. They're not yeah. just gonna take a beating. No, uh, no way. Over in Thai that's the thing with any anything in this stuff. No country is just gonna go over there and be like, uh, oh, we're at the World Cup. It's fun to be here. Let's just kind of enjoy it. They're no they're gonna try to win. 
and it looks shaky. I'll admit that the Rodman thing had me believing this ge- this team is cursed, but oh, geez, not, he's okay. He played better than just that one opportunity, though, right? Well, now I'm talking about her falling on her back within a minute. Oh, yeah, and nearly being like stretchered off. Like I saw the stretcher come, on. I was like, "You're kidding me! This team is cursed. This team is genuinely cursed. If we don't, if we don't make the semis or the finals, it's because like." We're going to be having our third choice keeper in net for some reason. It's going to be like, we're going to be playing with nine men because we don't have anyone. <laughs> we're just gutted by injury. Yeah. Well, last thing that I, that I did want to touch upon, uh, Megan Rapino did hit a milestone in the game um, by being uh, a second half sub, if I'm not mistaken. Um, she did get her 200th cap for the national team, which is insanely remarkable that she has played in 200 international matches honestly um, seems low <laughs> it does well, kind of like she's been the, around you, the women forever, play right? so much so much more because they have like yeah. the she believes cup they have much more mm-hmm. friendlies i feel like ronaldo is the leader in the men's side i think with like 190 he could be at like 200 ish but it's the sense that the women, I feel, play more national games. So the fact that Rapino, who has been on the team for a while to get 200 caps, that just seemed low to me. But that's yeah. probably more, probably but more just accurate. Still, congratulations to Megan and to Savannah and to the whole team. It, it's now time to lock in. This next match is their most important one against the Netherlands. Wednesday night, 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central. We will most likely be on when that game kicks off. Um, so we'll keep you up to date um, on that match as we get into it. Uh, but, John, the last thing I want to talk about in the bottom line for this week, uh, just want to give a shout-out to the season that um, previous interview guest, GIF uh, Nadam and his uh, Tennessee Tempo team had um, they unfortunately ran into uh, AS uh, Frenzy uh, in the UPSL quarterfinals. Uh, down, the game was played down in Georgia. Um, AS Frenzy is from Lake Mary, Florida, which is like northern Orlando area, right? Um, Tempo ran into that game. Uh, they didn't have um, Quadre Poku. Um, not for sure what happened on that as far as why he didn't play. Uh, or what, but uh, final score was seven to one. Uh, and, you know, you don't want to see any of our UPSL teams getting beat that badly, um, but especially for a team that is well-respected in this state like Tempo is, um, not what we wanted to see happen to them in, in the quarterfinals. I will say the very little stuff I could find on either team. You found stuff yes. on those teams? From what I found on UPSL's website, AS Frenza has like three guys who have scored 10 goals, and they're like an absurd goal-scoring team. That's as much as I could find. I could find nothing on the Tennessee (laughs) Tempo themselves. All three of their pages that were listed on UPSL were literally just blank. (laughs) So, yeah, they played what looks like a buzzsaw from the very little information I could find. I had been given a tip um, two weeks ago that this AS Frenzy was really good. And the person that gave me the information, they're from Florida, 
and they said they'd watch some of their games and they said they're one of the best, if not the best in the country this year. So, you know, I, I heard that and I kind of let it go one in there out the other, but then I see the final score and I'm like, Ooh, maybe they were right. Um, so best of luck to, uh, AS frenzy and the rest of the UPSL teams as they head up to Loudoun, um, for the national semifinals and the national final, um, best of luck, my friends. But John, before we uh, jump to off the top, um, I do want to say if you enjoy this content and you like uh, what we talk about, and you like to support us, uh, make sure you either scan that QR code, which is above my what is this left arm right now, or scan it right there on the screen there uh, for Buy Me Coffee. Uh, we have a Buy Me Coffee link. Um, you can donate as much as you would like. We would really appreciate the support. Um, we are doing everything that we can to provide high-quality content and coverage of all things Kentucky-based soccer. Um, so any support is very, very much appreciated. Um, and we will continue to kind of keep that on. John, what were you going to say? And if it helps, I do not buy coffee from Starbucks. I buy it from a very local place here in town. So you would be – I'm not – no, I live in, okay. I live in Mount right. Vernon. This place oh, called right. Twisted Stash that has it's very like it's very good. I'm not a big mm-hmm. coffee drinker and I actually like their coffee, so well with the buy me coffee link, you can even specify that you want us to buy a tea or something for John. So but now, John, let's go off the top. Um and John, we've kind of hit on some of these stories, so I don't want to spend too much time on them um tonight. But the first story that I want to talk about was uh racing Louisville signing of um, Almeyer and uh, Schamberger uh, to national team replacement contracts. Um, And briefly, kind of what I want to mention, if you're not familiar um, with those contract systems, basically because Savannah DeMillo and so many other uh, racing Louisville players are off uh, at the World Cup, uh, the NWSL allows Racing Louisville to sign a couple of other players as well as bringing some younger players up from the Youth Academy to kind of fill in those slots. So um, Ella Schamberg uh, was the 38th overall pick in the 2023 NWSL draft from Vanderbilt um, where she played 97 games in five years and was an all-SEC second-team selection. Um, Taylor... Uh, Almeyer uh, joining Racing Louisville after a stint with a Finnish club. Um, so, and she also, uh, Taylor also had some time with the New Jersey, New York, Gotham's. Uh, so, both players, glad to have them with some experience on the, the roster. We'll see. Uh, they were both on the bench, but uh, they, they did and, not get in, right? And they, yep. And then they joined Maddie Pocorini. I don't want to say that name. She's also a national team placement player contract, and I believe these contracts are still good even yep. when uh, players return from the World Cup. So they're on. I, from what I understand, these contracts are good through the end of the World Cup, regardless if say all six of our of the racing teams get knocked out and they just return. I think they're still good through yes. the end of the world cup. So it's not like, it's not like um, this would never happen, but it's not like us just doesn't make it out of the group stage in the middle of returns. And they had to like get rid of Almer or Schamberger. It they're good through the world cup, I believe. Absolutely. So 
glad they got those opportunities um, and hope that they can continue to add in this Challenge Cup run for Racing Louisville. Uh, John, jumping back to Lou City, um, we mentioned it earlier, Niall McCabe uh, joining um, Del Piccolo and Toach as the only players with 200 USL championship appearances. Um, John, I know we kind of talked about that earlier. Anything else you wanted to add on that one? I'm curious. It's probably true, but I'm trying. I tried to find if that's like the entire league or just as in when Lou City's been in the USL championship. I couldn't really find much because it's with stats still in the USL. It kind of sucks. Stats are still kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, in general, uh, some teams keep it like uh, this is a shout out to Lexington. Lexington has on their website stats where other, at least USL League One sides, don't even list their roster on their <laughs> thing. Like I was trying to research you in Omaha last week and they don't have a roster limit listed on their own website so I'll, you don't even know their official roster but I so I was just curious if that's just in terms of uh, Lucidity City in the USL championship or all the USL championship but it's it's big honors those are big things those are big accomplishments people legends of other clubs even big clubs don't even reach 200 appearances so Indeed. this is a big deal uh, John, we'll jump over to Lexington. Uh, I don't know if I dreamed this or if I actually saw it, so I debated not just completely skipping over it. Did I see that Smart got his 100th USL League One cap, or did I completely yes. make that up? Okay, I couldn't find the article. I was desperately looking today to find it. Okay, they didn't post an article from what I saw. They posted a Twitter. They, okay. made, they made posts on like Twitter, and they did a story. I but thought I Don, was going crazy. Yeah, Don Don Smart is like a League One staple. He yep. has a bunch. He's in a bunch of top records. Remind remind you, this league has existed for three and a half years prior to this. So it started in 2019. He had spent about two, I want to say, two years each with the uh, Triumph Greenville. He came to us from after the tri- his spell with the Triumph, and he was with Forward Madison before that. So he's been in the league forever. I believe he is our only player over the age of 30 on Lexington's team. He's 35, so this guy's experience has been around. I think Amal Knight had his 30th birthday, or he's going to have his 30th birthday soon. He's 29. So that's just another thing of how young Lexington is. They only have one player over the age of 30 type thing. We have some that are in their upper 20s, but in general, they're pretty young side but this is a big accomplishment for because he's this is his 100th cap in a league that's only existed for now technically for four full seasons if you want to take the half year of this and mush it with the 2020 half year yep so four full seasons 100 caps very impressive uh, but john let's step outside of the commonwealth uh, for our last couple of stories here um, I promise we're not turning this into an inner Miami podcast, but Lino Messi uh, did score in uh, his debut with inner Miami off of a beautiful uh, set piece play where it just went right over the top of the wall, right into the upper corner of the net. Um, it was a thing to watch. Um, and it was literally all that people were talking about the next day afterwards. I was um, a little mad over that. Why? So, 
Okay, so I'm on soccer Twitter, right? And soccer uh-huh. Twitter is well divided. That was happening at the same time that the women were playing, which you can watch both. I'll fully admit you can watch both, but there was like a bunch of these like wait bleacher. No, I did watch both, and literally the I think I missed maybe one or two minutes of the women's game. Like well, I didn't yes. miss all the. Image. I'm not. I'm not saying like it was bad, but it was like all these tweets from like Bleacher Report, Barstool Football, and stuff. It was like, where were you when Messi scored this goal? <laughs> and a bunch of people were like, I was watching the U.S. women's team because, yes, it was an amazing goal. It's his first goal, first game, Miami. But like, it's an elite cup game, kind yeah. of just over in my opinion a little overhyped tournament that exists oh yeah and and that's something we can talk about on at another day is how this came up because it kind of will intersect into our next story as well but yeah it it's a league cup game with another league it's not like it pushed us into the playoffs all of a sudden or anything like that yes but this is my question for you now i'm not talking the moment so, in my opinion, the moment that Messi's moment was much better, his perfect setup. But whose goal was better? Surely the goal, their opening goal, is Laton's or Messi's? And I so prepped I, you with this earlier so you could actually look up to this Laton goal. Just oh, no, I knew it. exactly what you were talking some, about. Some I, people don't. I asked people at the game, uh, the next game, and they're like, what What do you do? It was like, oh, it's no. a pretty memorable goal. Yeah, it, it is because I was also watching that one. I don't know. I have a weird relationship with MLS, especially pre Inter Miami, where if I knew something big was happening, I made time to watch it. But otherwise, I was a Chicago Fire fan at that time. The whole team was on fire because they were awful, not because they were good. Um, but they are apparently better now, so good on them. Um, I definitively, so when you, you answered, when you asked me that question earlier, I almost answered you then, but I'm, I saved it for now. To me, it's no question. It's Laton's goal. Like that was way more impressive. Um, I think I agree with what you said. I think the meaning of Messi's goal was way more, but I think as far as an impressive goal, Zlatan's first goal was just beautiful Messi's yeah. was just classic Messi. yeah and for those who don't know what we're talking about Zlatan and it was an El Trafico too uh took like yes. a mid bounce volley from probably 40 35 yards out and buried it it might have been further than that it was out it there. was beyond the halfway I yeah. kind of looked at it it's about uh, you could say 40 45 in that air, 10 yard range and he buried it Messi is a free kick yes. specialist. Like that's his it's thing. Classic. For those who don't know, the reason players now lay behind free kick walls <laughs> is because of Messi. Now I don't know if he I'm not saying this guy he was the first guy to go, oh, they jump. Maybe if I tuck it under, but he was the first guy to like do Perfected. that kind of yeah, perfectively. So and they uh Cruz Azul had that as well in that wall. So Messi's whole goal was much more important in terms of the state of the U.S. soccer than just in terms of a, if you want to pick a Puska award, Zlatan's was much, much better. It it definitely was. Uh, And yeah, Zlatan, what he did in MLS and then to go back to Europe and play was very impressive. Oh, here we go. Yeah, Uh, here we go. This was an insane shot. 
So yeah, he's like forty. Boom. And it, it's lagging a bit for me, so I don't know how well our people can see it, but it was an insane goal. Yeah. And this is from several years ago, and I'm sure most people have seen that. But yeah. Sticking in the MLS here, John, uh, the MLS All Star game happened last week, and I'm sure five people watched it. Um, not only did the match see a significant drop in viewership versus previous years, the MLS All-Stars got smacked 5-0 uh, by Arsenal. Um, I read several articles this week about the game and about how you know fans want to turn back the, the style, get away from this European opponent kind of a thing and do the MLS versus uh, Liga Emekis all-star game. Um, I, I don't think that's going to happen because of this leagues cup that we now have, yeah. unless you moved, moved it around to where the leagues cup happened in the first half of the MLS season, but that doesn't match up with their schedule um, down in Mexico. So uh, John, your thoughts on the match. So one in general, all star games across all sports suck. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They do suck. They're just the only one that had any merit. And this is my baseball history coming out. It was baseball for a while because for those who don't know or who are too young uh, in baseball, the NL and AL didn't play each other except for in the all star game and in the World Series up until 1997. And they're never going back to that. But that was like the no. one that had some merit because these teams never played. You actually would get to see Nolan Ryan versus like Reggie Jackson type thing. Like you could see these matchups you would never, ever see. Um, so that has some merit. I do not think in terms of to, if I was to say the MLS All-Star game or All-Star event, one – I think with the same thing with the Pro Bowl, it just needs to go to a skills competition. Just overall yeah, skills competition. They're so just more, much less interesting. To me, they're more interesting to watch the skills competition because I'm like, I already know these athletes can like play with world class players and play a game of soccer. I want to see goalie wars. I want to see volley thing, which Kyle Havertz. <laughs> I could have scored a volley. <laughs> in that. I suck. Yeah. I genuinely suck. How do you, as this like Champions League winning legendary player for Chelsea, How do you can't even that? score a volley undefended? Yes, you had a keeper, but none of his shots were even close for the keeper no. to like warrant. Granted, he, got, he did, he did get it all out. He did get it back because he got a goal, a, bo- a volley goal in the actual match in those god-awful uniforms they were wearing <laughs> they were so bad why why i don't understand we're with some premier league teams why they go so bad like they're not even recognizable like manchester city wearing red and black uh, <laughs> that's manchester, just ironic <laughs> manchester united's gonna wear like green and white as an away yeah, kit next year it's stupid anyways i digress the mls needs to not invite some other league team to come play. It just needs you have you're about to go to 30 teams. Do what every other American sport does yep. for their all-star game. Because one, we're the only country that does all-star games. Yeah. East versus West. Just do yep. it. Get over with. Even if you want, do the NBA. Do 
uh, do the NBA and vote captains. Do uh oh my god the guy for um not Angel City holy crap uh LAFC oh my god I'm dropping his name scores all the Vila do like Team Vila Team Messi done well it'd be it'd be Acosta it'd be Acosta this year you know you have to actually be in the playoffs (laughs) to be a captain no I'm saying for next year and play an MLS game. No, for next year, dang it. That's what I'm calling. Messi, but yeah, either, Vila. either do captains and let them draft or do East versus West. Because it we need to stop bring, inviting in European teams on their preseason tour. Yeah. Which, it just makes us look worse, right? Like, it looks oh, stupid. these are your best? <laughs> it looks stupid because even in general, uh, it's just different and like, all-Star games are stupid now. They yeah. were cool then be, back when you couldn't watch everybody and everybody could watch that All-Star games was like the mid-season nationally televised game for baseball. Again, baseball is the reason we have All-Star games in any other sport because baseball was America's pastime and everyone copied it. But then it's since come bo- it's become boring. The NBA, it's become boring. The dunk contest used to be good and then they figured every dunk out. <laughs> and now it's just like, or it's just too, I don't too outside of the game where you're jumping over a car or something, right? Like, well, I'm fine with the jumping over the car. I'm fine with that. But that's the thing that jumping over the car happened 10, 11 years ago now. Like, what's Shut a guy up, gonna I do I'm now? Old. Don't remind hey, me. Hey, listen, listen. I love that era. But what's a guy gonna do now? He has to jump over two cars. Jump He's over like a Hummer. Evil Knievel. <laughs> like it just gets it. It gets to the point where it becomes more and more stupid, and yep. that's kind of where the MLSR slug game is going. If you want to keep it, in a sense, do East versus West, do captain thing. But in my opinion, let stop playing any sort of defense. Just start sending stupid shots. Yep. Keepers need to like just play like wait for the last second. You can make it interesting. To the point where it's just like playing playground, and you get people are just trying to have fun, like the NBA does with their very boring All Star game, or just Absolutely. do away with it in general, and just give the players a week break. Just give the players a break. Don't let them play. Give them a much needed rest. I'm sure they would rather prefer that, and I'm sure the fans would rather prefer that overall. Yeah, and unfortunately, though, because of uh, American culture and because of, you know, those green things, money, I don't think they'll just give them a week off. They'll always have something. Speaking of making greenbacks, um, Christian Pulisic, Captain America himself, has officially signed and at this point has now played with AC Milan. And he looked really good for AC Milan. Boy, howdy did he. They did lose to Real Madrid in a preseason, but he right. looked really good. Also, um, what's his face? I forget. Um, an ESPN analyst uh, passed Skip out. Skip Bayless. No. Skip Bayless was a Fox. There was an ESPN sideline report. He passed <laughs> He passed out. Taylor Twelve. Oh, no. I'm forgetting his name. It starts with an S. He passed out while giving um, like the pre-report. Like he like he starts stumbling and he like collapses. Jeez. Apparently he's okay. From all accounts, he's okay. I don't remember fully what happened to that, but that happened before that. 
Hmm. Um, but yeah, Pulisic is to Milan. There's some other moves out there. If you haven't been following necessarily all the USMNT, Brendan Aronson's going to Union Berlin from Leeds, which I think is a very much step up for him, even if he's going out of the Premier League because uh, Union Berlin's going to do better. And he has a chance to face his brother now in the Bundesliga. Uh, That is the interesting story to me of that. Yeah. Uh, Tim Weah joins rival club to his dad. Uh, Juventus from Lille because his dad played for Milan. Hmm. Um, but Tim Wea joins Juventus. Uh, uh, Ricardo Pepe is uh, going to PSV from Augsburg. And then these are rumors currently is Weston McKinney to Borussia Dortmund to join Giovanni Rena because according to Juventus, he's no longer part of their future plans. And then uh, Yunus Musa is also rumored to go to Milan from Valencia. Well done, so there's John. Big old, some big old moves that could happen in the sense that uh, going to top caliber teams, all these teams that these players have joined are cha- either Champions League or Champions League qualification besides Juventus, but that's outside of Tim Weah's control, and that was right. more because Juventus was lying about their books but it's a totally like mind-blowing thing i mean the washington commander's owner just got canned for that same thing yes um but juventus would have i believe would have finished second i think if they kept their points tally so they're very much still a great side yeah type thing barisia dortmund is i think for mckinney is much better than riding the bench at Juventus and then Milan is much better than Valencia even though they're a Spanish power they're not that big of a Spanish power but some big moves and these are moves that are needed with this whole thing coming in a World Cup our starting 11 especially I'm very curious if Matt Turner leaves Arsenal if he doesn't get minutes anymore right he needs either he in my opinion Matt Turner has two options he needs either ask for a loan where he can play and get minutes or he needs to leave and become a first choice keeper somewhere else because I don't know, but there's also that kid at Chelsea who is an American who's 18 that could not, the job is Matt Turner to lose right now for the U S Oh yeah, but we'll see what happens in three years. And we will see you all on Wednesday because that will do it for another great episode of Bluegrass Soccer Cast. Um, I want to always thank you all for joining us and watching along, listening along. Uh, please make sure that you're following BG Soccer Cast on all of your favorite social media sites, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Threads, if Threads isn't dead by now. Or I guess it's not Twitter anymore. It's called X apparently. I don't know. I haven't... Anyways. So, uh, that's <laughs> funny because on like the website it's turned to x and everything's on x but at least on my iphone and i've checked for updates they have not updated it to where the bird changes for x right i don't know elon it's become like musk is like weird adhd child (laughs) you could say that again but it's still better than threads i will die on that hill right now so (laughs) absolutely but make sure you're also listening to us on all your favorite 
um, audio platforms such as Spotify, Apple, Google, YouTube, and everything else. And as always, I'm Jimmy, that's Sean, and we will see you on the next one.